UGC. Outdated or essential? Cut through the noise and reveal the truth with our free ebook created in collaboration with VideoWise. Learn proven strategies to encourage customer reviews, leverage email marketing for sales, and boost conversion rate by 9.2%. Download the ebook for free at flowing.com/ugc. Today's episode is going to be freaking awesome because we've never talked about this topic before. So this is like fresh, exciting, and so, so, so important. Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Floium. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Floium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode here at Email Einstein. Vera and Elisa here, plus one. We're really excited. We love having guests on our podcast, so this is really exciting. But as always, we start off with Vera and I, we are two email marketers at an email marketing agency called Floium. We are super passionate about email marketing. And because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Floium is one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world. We specialize in providing a premium, full-service e e-commerce email marketing experience for all of our clients. And our service is tailored specifically for your business and designed to help increase your online retail revenue. We deliver the right message to the right person at the right moment. That's what we're all about here at Floium. And yeah, I'm excited. Today's episode is going to be freaking awesome because we've never talked about this topic before. So this is like fresh, exciting, and so, so, so important. Yeah. Fira, what are we talking about today? And before we go and introduce our amazing guest today, here are some fun facts for you just like a, to think about. So today we will be talking about accessibility, right? And over 1 billion people in the world are estimated to live with some sort of disability. That's approximately 15% of the world's population. To break down the little further, at least 2.2 million people in US have some level of vision impairment. I think this number is actually even higher. And um, some have severe vision difficulties, some have moderate, also about like 65% of people who are like an older generation, they do have some sort of like a hearing loss. And that's like an, another number to think about. And globally, one in 12 men and one in 200 women experience some level of color blindness. The good news is, I bet most of you never thought about it, but the good news is you can actually accommodate this big amount of people. You can actually accommodate those group of people in your emails. And that's exactly what we will be talking about today with our guest, Alisa. Let's do the guest intro, finally. <laughs> Gosh, Megan's probably like, can I talk now? You guys talk so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of spoiled the surprise, but today we have Megan Bushhausen. Did I say it right? Yes, you yes. did it. Yes, Yay. yes, yes, yes. If you, you guys will see her last name, like when you're looking at the name of the podcast episode. So I just, not to toot my own horn, but I just crushed it. So let's just, and you actually- did. Did crush it. <laughs> so I I think you you mentioned this fun fact at your um unspam which we'll talk about more as well your unspam's talk which was Bushhausen is actually old Dutch and it means forest house right yes yeah yep. okay cool yes I am nice. killing it I remember all the facts you are so I'm very impressed <laughs> wow <laughs> so just so you guys know Megan and I so this is Elisa speaking but Megan and I we met actually at the end of January of this year at 
at Unspam, which is basically a conference for lots of email geeks. So Megan is an email geek like Vera and I, which is really exciting. But she did an incredible talk on email accessibility. And it's funny because at Flowium, we do have some best practices around email accessibility, like including alt text and different things that we'll talk Mm -hmm. about more today. But it's not something that we ever really like. It's just something that we've done, but never really realized like how profoundly important it is to incorporate into Mm -hmm. your email marketing. So when Megan did her talk at Unspam afterwards, I was like, oh, dang, like we've been overlooking this major component of email marketing. That's actually really crucial to making sure that we're sending the right message to the right person at the right time, but also just making sure that we're making emails accessible to everybody that we're sending to. So it just goes back to improving the customer journey, regardless of what industry that customer is being a customer in, whether it's service industry or e-commerce or whatever it is. So Megan is a senior developer at it's Pathwire, right, Megan? And I mean, we'll talk a little bit more to get to know you more about like your experience and everything, but thank you so much for being on with us today. I know you're super busy and you've got a lot going on, but we really appreciate it. You taking the time out to come and talk with us and everybody else about accessibility. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Really excited to geek out about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Hey. Excited and as always, before we get started, we love our Blitz Q&A. So Vera, you want to start us? Megan, are you ready? Yeah. It's like a quick, just like, oh just like first, first okay. answer that comes to your mind. mind. First thing that comes to your mind. Yeah. Okay, Megan, East Coast yeah. or West Coast? East. Oh, yes. Girl. Texting or talking? Oh, gosh. Texting. Yes. 100%. Same. Same. <laughs> Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Hey. Love it. Have you ever worn socks with sandals? Oh, yes. <laughs> In my soccer like playing that. days. In my soccer <laughs> playing days. Yes. Okay. You have to be wearing your soccer yes. socks with your Adidas sandals yeah. before and after the game. Yeah. That's a look. That's a look. Yeah. That's for yeah, sure. That is. That is. And then this is the last one. This is like a really silly one, Megan. So we'll give context behind it afterwards. Mattress <laughs> okay. or socks? Wait, what was that first word? Mattress or socks? Mattress or socks? Yeah. One is not like the other. I'm going to say mattress. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. So just so you know, in the past, whenever, I mean, for our podcast episodes, whenever we give examples of like customer journeys, for whatever reason, we would always talk about a yep. mattress customer journey. Like if you're buying a mattress versus if you're buying socks and how they're different. And it just ended up being this crazy thing. Now we have Floium branded socks, like... <laughs> It spiraled out of control. So that's what we ask all of our guests whenever um, oh, they're on great. as part of their Blitz Q&A. So mattress. Mattress is a very popular answer. So yeah, it I is. love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Having the right communication between your brand and your audience is how you create meaningful connections, building your brand's identity and reputation. Introducing Flowium's Brand Voice course. Get a step-by-step guide on creating your brand voice. Learn about what makes great branding, steps on how to describe your brand, your tone, and how to represent your brand across multiple channels. Your brand identity can be one step closer to being complete with Flowium's Brand Voice course. Find out more at flowium.com slash brand voice.
Okay. So let's start with like the really juicy stuff. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, Megan, because obviously we talked about how we met and stuff, but what is your story? (laughs) Oh my gosh, my story. Okay. So short version of my story, because it is a story. So I've been flirting around like the edges of email starting back in like 2008 is when I designed my first email. I went to school for graphic design. So that's how I got to where I am now, kind of. And I would design emails in my first graphic design internship and then send them off to the web people for coding and they'd go out. I didn't know how the emails mm-hmm. would get made. I just designed them in Photoshop and send them off. From there, after I graduated college around, this was back in 2010, my first uh, job was actually as a part-time web developer at a little local uh, company in Western Massachusetts. And I also had to design and send out marketing emails. And I remembered designing these emails again in Photoshop and I'd slice them up. Total image emails didn't know the first thing about email marketing and just knew I had to design and send these things out. And I remember trying to code them myself and Mm -hmm. I'd only have Gmail to test in because that's the email account I had. Uh, QA software wasn't a thing. I knew literally zero about email marketing and I remember hating it. I get these (laughs) gaps between my images. Why is this happening? Today, I know why they happen. I'm like, why is this happening? (laughs) Nothing looks right. I hate email. I hate email marketing. I'm never going to do this ever again. So I continue on. I'm doing graphic design, mix of print and digital stuff. Email is part of those responsibilities too. And at that point, I kind of start getting into like the strategy part a little bit. I spend time putting together like I was working for the car industry at the time. So it'd be like 40 different brands, two newsletters each, all going on out within the first two weeks of the month on top of like 200 web ads that I had to put together. Wow. Those email graphics were designed in InDesign. Dang. Um, and we would just throw those into emails and send them out. And towards the end of my tenure at that job, I kind of started seeing the power of email. Um, and as the ESP we used was rolling out new features like targeting and things like that, I started kind of seeing the gears started kind of going a little bit. And I started seeing how it could be beneficial. Um, and I was like, okay, this email thing seems like it could be kind of cool, but I still don't want to code. I don't want anything to do with coding it. This is so forward, funny. Right. <laughs> Fast forward to 2017. I started a job at a nonprofit as a web and email person, two jobs in one. It was like, grow in one direction. We'll hire the other side. And I was like, okay, I'm going to grow in the web direction. We'll hire on the email side. And that is not what happened at all. So I got into the email stuff. I started coding for email. We had all custom HTML templates for MailChimp. So that's what I had to dive into. So when changes need to be made, I had to kind of just go in, feet to the fire, figure it out. So I ended up growing that email program immensely from pretty much all angles. And I was handling email pretty much from beginning to end besides writing the copy because we had a lot of copywriters on staff. Wow. Yeah. So it was a lot of newsletters and driving all of that sort of thing. And from there, once I kind of started thinking about my next career step, I realized I actually loved email development. I thought it was a great area to problem solve uh, Mm because email development is just like just so unique. Mm. Uh, You have all these different random constraints. Your email can look differently in different places. There are like no standards. Um, Well, there are some standards, but not as many as web. And it just, I fell in love with it. I love pretty much all aspects of email, but development (laughs) is where my heart 
really kind of started going to 10 years later, literally from when I was like, I hate email development. I never want to do it again. So now today I'm the senior email developer at Pathwire, which is super awesome. Um, the three brands that people might know from Pathwire, because a lot of people are like, what's Pathwire? And the three brands you might recognize from there is um, Mailgun, uh, which is an mm-hmm. SMTP API stuff, um, Mailjet, which is an email service provider, mm-hmm. and uh, Email on Asset, which is your QA oh. stuff. So yeah. yeah, I handle emails for all three brands. Wow. And it's been awesome. really, I've been there for like seven or eight months now. It's been pretty amazing. And our team uses nice. Email on Asset like all nice. the time so that's great yeah Yes. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. We've probably seen you in our inboxes. Yeah. I just didn't know it was you. Oh, yes. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tell us a bit more about email accessibility. Honestly, as I said, that's not something that many of us think about. Yeah. And uh, why should it even be on your radar? Like, I know that like a lot of people, in fact, like 61 million Americans have physical or mental disabilities, mm-hmm. like some temporary, some permanent. But the thing that we don't think about is actually that those people, they do have the spending power estimated at like, mm-hmm. like globally at $8 trillion. Like if, yeah. you, if we like talk globally. So like, what are the other reasons? Why should email accessibility be on your radar at all? And first of all, and what is email accessibility? Yeah. So email accessibility is just making sure that your email can be read by the widest audience possible. Mm. So that okay. means, you know, people, who may be colorblind, they may have low vision, maybe they have limited mobility, either permanently or temporarily. They might have a learning disability or, you know, cognitive things going on. So it's really just making sure that we can communicate with the largest amount of people possible. Because like you said, there's a lot of, you know, buying power there that you might Mm -hmm. miss out on. And I think it's just part of being a good human to be able to communicate with your audience. They're on your list for a reason so communicate with them it's just like i never thought about it this way because emails are so like visual right Mm -hmm. so i never like thought about it like from that angle yeah 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 and i love the like just be a good human communicate with people correctly Mm -hmm. Right. Email is a communication tool. So, you know, talk or type to people. (laughs) Right. What would you say are like the top three, like biggest benefits, I guess, for businesses specifically, right? To consider email Mm -hmm. accessibility. Like what would you say like makes the most sense or for someone who's kind of like a business owner, for example, who's like, yeah, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm not sure I want to invest a lot of time or money or energy into this. Like where are the perks? Like what would you say? Yeah, well, it will definitely help your conversions because more people will be able to purchase your product. It'll really importantly help keep you out of legal water because of the Mm. ADA, especially in the United States. I'm sure there are other laws on the books in other countries. It gives your customer a better experience. And that customer experience, in my opinion, is, you know, just as important as the conversion, because if people don't have a good experience, they're not going to convert. So they kind of go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's (laughs) conversion, but it also like helps you to like represent your entire audience, right? Mm -hmm. To be more, more inclusive. That's awesome. So let's talk like in depth about like designs Mm -hmm. for visually impaired people. What are like the few things that you should consider when designing 
emails for like that group of people or like when designing emails in general? What are the top things yeah. that you should consider? Yeah. So I always say that, you know, with designing good emails with accessibility in mind, many times just means following really good design practice. So that mm-hmm. means not you know, not hitting your audience with, you know, big blocks of text, breaking up your information with things like images and headers. One thing I like to do is if you look at an email design and either squint or zoom it way out. And when you do that, can you still see the structure of the email? So that can be like seeing that there's an image there with heading is usually bigger text within your regular size text. And can you still kind of see what's going on? That usually means you're following some okay enough uh, design principles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another always tell people to do is for your um, CTAs, your call to actions to make sure that those are buttons instead of just, you know, plain text, unless it's just the text link in the body. Uh, those are always good to have mm-hmm. and to Also, the other major thing I always tell people, because this is one of the design principles, not really design principles, but good practice on the web in general is to make sure your font size is big enough. Yeah. So like you'll see a lot of times some emails, they'll have like 12 to 14 pixel body text, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. even with just our high resolution displays today can look really, really small. I always suggest going anywhere between 16 and 21 pixel. Mm-hmm. Font size, uh, depending on what you're using, it can vary since typefaces are different sizes. And yeah, to do, you know, all that, which I just feel like I just went on a like word, like vomit, just talking about a bunch of things. Um, so no. yeah, those are like the major things that I always talk about. So, and Megan, don't feel bad about that. Cause there's a lot, right. There's like a lot to dive into. Yeah. There's so many aspects mm-hmm. of it. So there are a few like particulars that we want to dive into a little bit more. Cause sometimes it's yeah. a bit confusing for people who don't know a lot about it. Right. So right. Mm-hmm. I love like the zooming in, zooming out, like size of text is super important. Cause you have clients mm-hmm. who want to squeeze in like so so much text and it's like eight point and you're like dude like I can't read this with a microscope you know like this is not gonna work but (laughs) what about like um color choices like use of color like what would you say about that in terms of like diving deep into that yeah I think using color is great it's another way to differentiate say headers and um body text you do need to be mindful of your color combinations uh, because as mentioned before i think it's like one in eight men have some sort of color blindness one in 200 women have some sort of color blindness so you want to make sure Mm -hmm. that people can still read your emails regardless of your color choice Uh, one or i guess the major example that comes into mind is that the most common version of colorblindness is red green, which Mm. when are those two colors used a lot during winter holidays? So it's like you need to then be mindful what your email designs look like to make sure that people can still differentiate between different design elements, you know, depending on how those colors stack. Um, So yeah, those are the things like keep in mind. Yeah, that's huge. So like, yeah, that's a good example. Like holiday emails, like Christmas emails. So you have to be very careful about going overboard with the red green combo because people are going to be like I don't know what this is like I'm out of here kind of thing when Christmas is really a time where people really want to push so wow that makes a lot of sense wow that's so insightful I love that thank you for that that's huge yeah yeah 
That's wild. It's interesting. Yeah. That's so like red, green's big. Blue, yellow is huh. another big color blindness. Um, and then, Blue you know, yellow, they're just huh? the complete. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't realize. It's like that until dress. I Remember that like dress meme like a few years ago? Yeah. Like, what like, color is, is it the dress? Gold? Is it like, is it a gold or blue? And gold yeah, or yeah, like divorcing, divorcing each other for that freaking dress. <laughs> now it makes sense, right? Still traumatized <laughs> by that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Are there any like tools that it can help you with uh, yeah. that like color choices or there are just like a set of rules that you can follow maybe? Um, there's like a set of rules to follow web aim, which I don't know if people say web aim or web AIM. Um, that's like the big online sort of consortium uh, for web accessibility. Um, they have a contrast mm. checker that you can check your foreground color against your background color to make sure that your colors are accessible and there's enough contrast so that people who are colorblind can read like your CPAs. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can check for different types of colorblindness in email on acid uh so that's there for while you're doing your qa checks that's um, good to and know yeah yeah and if you're an email developer the email or html editor which is specific to email development parcel which is what i use just launched recently some accessibility tools so that you can you know check everything in there and it does have a colorblind checker and you can see what it looks like in a couple of different a few of those uh combinations to see how your email looks with your color essentially removed. So there are definitely ways to check. Yeah. Yeah. I like Megan, how you summarize that modern clean design, any like good email practices are Mm -hmm. actually good for like visually impaired as well. That like makes total sense to me. Yeah. Can you like tell us a bit more about, I know there's like this tools that are called screen readers. Do you know anything about them? Like what are they and like, how are they used and like, why are they used? Yeah. So screen readers essentially read text for people with a low vision. Apple has their default one called voiceover and you can use it on their Apple like MacBooks and iMacs and whatnot, the computers um, and on their mobile devices. Uh, So essentially how that one works is on the computer, you can highlight your text and it'll Mm -hmm. read out what it says. Um, On the iPhones, you tap on whatever element you want it to read and it'll read out, you know, whatever you've tapped on. The side note, I was playing with voiceover this morning on my phone and it was, it's really difficult for somebody who like can read okay on the phone to you sometimes, but I actually mm-hmm. worked at Apple in a past lifetime. And I used to watch people with low vision come into our stores and just like fly through the iPhone using voiceover and the other accessibility issues with like just such precision wow. that mm-hmm. it was kind of amazing. Yeah. To watch people use these tools, but yeah, the voice, the voiceover, it'll just, it reads out what's in your email. And there are a whole host of different screen readers um, on the window side. One of the more popular one is called jaws windows. does have a default one called narrator. That's pretty new. So I don't think it's used as widely, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's my very rambly answer of that. It reads your emails and other things on the web. I need to device. try it. 
I need to try that one day. I want to see what it's like because it's important, right? Like it helps you understand yeah. like what the actual customer's experience is with your emails. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Interesting. Wait, Megan, very, very so you said that yeah. you need to sort of like a highlight the text, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be the text and the, the image like or the text on the image wouldn't work, right? So we need to rely more on like images uh, on text. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So if you have all your text in an image, unless you have alt text there, Ooh. it's not it's not going to read the text in it's not going to read the text in your image mm. um what i haven't tested out yet this is like a totally i don't know if it's a thing and i should definitely try it apple does have that new feature where it will take text on an image and make it live text. Wow. Um, I had I don't know if that works in email in their mail app. I have seen it work with um, images sent to me via text. Okay. It's really, really cool. I don't know if that works with email yet. Something to test out or if somebody else wants to test it out and let me know. <laughs> I'm totally game for that too. But yeah, I, I don't know if that will affect things. But yeah, in general, any text that's in an image will not be read. So that can be a big problem mm -hmm. if you have important information in an image so i see uh, which is, this is funny because this leads into like our next like thing that we were going to talk about which is alt text so yeah. for the purposes of screen readers and everything like alt text is i mean obviously crucial for someone who mm -hmm. needs their emails read out to them so that they can understand how the email is i guess separated where there are parts of mm -hmm. the copy that's like this is grouped together this is grouped together like that kind of thing yeah. okay mm -hmm. with the screen readers do they say like image of blah, 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 or does it just strictly depend on what it is in the alt text behind the image? Um, screen readers will announce if there's an image okay. and read the, and then read the alt text. There are a lot of different schools of thought about how you should write your alt text. <laughs> well, it's something I go back and forth on all the time. Uh -huh. Some people will say you should describe exactly what's in the image. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. if you say you have, I guess I'll go with the example of like the kind of fun woman eating a salad while smiling image that people like to make fun of from stock photos. So it's like, say you have a picture <laughs> of a woman at a table smiling, eating a salad, and you put that as your alt text. Like if it's not crucial to the message being given to me, mm -hmm. that might, to some, or I guess not to me, but to some people that's not as helpful as describing like the spirit of the image of what you're trying to get across. So like some people will describe mm -hmm. the image exactly. So woman in a striped shirt and is holding a fork or something like that while eating a salad mm. or <laughs> someone might do or maybe this email since we're using that image is maybe it's about a cafe so maybe the alt text instead is about whatever the messaging from the cafe is like i don't know like half off lunch or whatever, which would right. probably be bad alt text, but something like that. Um, for, <laughs> yeah, just like the spirit of the emails message rather than like exact mm -hmm. description of the image. But it's very contextual. People I have see. all sorts of opinions on it. And yeah, I've, I have found Twitter to be a great place to go to find those discussions. Um, so I really mm -hmm. do encourage people if you're on Twitter to head there to, to find those conversations because they're really insightful. Interesting. So That's is there awesome. like a wrong? I guess the wrong is just not doing it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I would say the, the wrong is just not doing it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, like mm -hmm. definitely do alt text. Okay. Regardless. Okay. 
So there's no true like right or wrong way on how to write it depends on, I guess, your goals, what you think, any discussions that you review or anything, but the wrong thing to do is just not doing it at all, which I think Mm -hmm. most people who are pretty well versed in the email marketing world know, but for some reason, I feel like it's still a miss in a lot of emails that I get. So yeah, yeah. it it definitely is a miss a lot of times. The only time I would say to not use alt text is Mm -hmm. if you're using an image purely, purely, purely for decoration. So maybe you're using an image to get like a decorated border um, like it. that doesn't that mm-hmm. doesn't need any alt text like because string really, lights yeah right okay. gotcha. yeah it's, gotcha. it's not important to the email unless you really need to indicate that maybe you're separating you know two blog articles from each other okay mm-hmm. a decorative image generally does not need alt text right are there any like brands that you like that are doing a good job when it comes to this accessible uh, designs hmm, good question Probably one I should have been prepared for and thought of beforehand. <laughs> no, um, the one that you are sending, probably. <laughs> the ones that I send are super accessible. <laughs> Mike is like, yeah, That's I got sure. it on yeah, that, um, mine. Um, you should subscribe to the email and ask the newsletter because those are super yeah. accessible. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of, I've been going like no images for a while on my emails. And I got to say mm-hmm. a lot of people, a, a lot of emails miss the mark. I think there's a lot of improvement to be had there. And so much of it too, a lot of accessibility stuff can be really code heavy. So if mm-hmm. you are in an ESP that and you're using a drag and drop editor, as opposed to an email developer, there's a lot of things that can be missed that you just don't have control over. So like some things mm-hmm. we can only control, what we control. So, I mean, most e-commerce emails are pretty good on the font side of things. Mm-hmm. They have they have pretty good font size things. A lot of them do miss alt text or when images are off and I see the alt text, I'm still like, I, I don't know what this is or what you want me to do. So I do think that for brands who may be more visually based and are mm-hmm. not utilizing an email developer, putting your efforts into writing good alt text and making sure you have right. really well-designed emails with the appropriate font sizes and headers and breaking up that text appropriately is really important. Mm, right. I love it. So Megan, like what's your process in terms of like checking email accessibility for email on asset, for example? We're just using that example because yeah. we work with email on asset, not like uh-huh. you know, with them, but we use the platform. <laughs> Form yeah, to yeah, check yeah. all of our emails. So we're like, it's the most relevant for us, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, totally. So obviously I'm an email developer, so I code them all. So I often will check things in while I'm coding in parcel to make sure it all checks out. The accessibility checker there is really great because it can call out if I've forgotten alt text um, before I even mm-hmm. get my email into Emon Acid. It's also called me out on not naming my links appropriately, which is something that I need to learn more about and likely will start doing because learn things all the time about email accessibility. <laughs> and I bring that up because on a screen reader, say you have a link in a line of text and it'll be like to access blah, 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 click here. And then you link the word here to somebody on a screen reader, that doesn't mean anything. But what you can do is add what's called, I believe it will be an ARIA label, um, which helps screen readers. And you can put a little bit more descriptive text to tell a screen reader what exactly it is so that somebody using that screen reader and then maybe they're using a keyboard to navigate the email can then go to that link more easily to click Mm. through to get to wherever you want them to go to. But yeah, so from there, then I often will put it onto email and asset 
ASID and an email on ASID, I can check things like how the email looks zoomed in since, you know, people on their phones and whatnot sometimes have zoom settings on. Mm. So to make sure the email looks good from that angle and check all the different types of color blindness. Uh, it checks alt text for me. The other cool thing about email on ASID that is if you say forget alt text, you can type it right in there. And at the end of all your checks and whatnot, it'll give you newly processed code with all those changes already in it, which is wow. really cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. Cool. For develop, there are a lot of cool features in there for developers. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really cool. So yeah, I check all that and make sure it all looks good. Do all the screenshots, make sure that my email is readable everywhere. And then it goes off to my email marketing manager to then load up into the ESP to send out. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Very it's cool. a challenge that many people don't realize that your email looks different on different, like yeah. market on different email platforms on like different devices and everything. Yeah. And that's something that businesses very often don't chat. Right. right? Yeah. Megan, how would you like summarize? We had like a lot of a lot of good information about the accessible email designs. How would you summarize or like say what are the rule of thumbs when it comes to uh, when it comes to like designing accessible email? Like everything that we talked, like give us a yeah. quick, quick summary. The, the quick, rule of thumbs. Quick summary? Yeah. Okay. So your bullet points. Use your alt text. Bullet points, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a big one. Use your alt text, yeah, that's a big which one. is, I think, the biggest one. Mm. Use appropriate font size and right. make sure your color contrast is that's good. A good one. Those are the three that's majors for if you're not using an email developer. For an email developer, my list is a little bit different from like the, I guess I would say front end perspective. If you're mm -hmm. using like a drag and drop editor and you don't have access to that back end code. Mm. Right. Awesome. Okay. Very good. I love it. Megan, last question for you. Where can everyone find you? Like more info about you, like yeah. get more insights from you, know more about you. Where's the best place or best yeah. place? So come hang with me on Twitter. I post there a lot. I love talking to people on Twitter. So that's at Meg Mosh. I'm M-E-G-B-O-S-H. Um, you'll find me there. I also have a newsletter called It Depends another newsletter about email marketing where I go on a lot of rants and it goes out about once a month and that's really fun. So you can also join me there. That you can sign up on my website, megbosch.com slash newsletter, or there's a sign up right at my Twitter account. And yeah, those are the majors. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm not as active on LinkedIn. My website's megbosch.com. I don't really update it that much. So yeah, Twitter's the main place to be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. This is perfect. And I'm like writing all these links down as well, just to make sure that we have yeah. everything so we can share with everybody. So awesome. Yay. That's okay. Awesome. Megan, thank you so, so much for today. Really appreciate you coming out. <laughs> no one went anywhere, but joining right. us and everything. Yeah. This is awesome. Super insightful. Yeah, super and fun. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to people's feedback on this because I'm sure everyone really, really enjoyed it. Well, I hope you did as you're listening to this. <laughs> so guys, as always, please don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you share this podcast podcast with your friends. If you liked, if you loved this episode or you like what we do, make sure that you leave us a review. And also, as always, if you do leave us a review, make sure that you visit us at flowam.com slash socks, plug in all the information and the type form there, the type form survey, and then you will be able to receive your own pair of Flowium socks. So yeah, Yay. make sure you do it. <laughs> and as always, come back next Tuesday because next Tuesday we'll be talking about some cool content ideas for email campaigns for April. So come back and thank you so much for listening. Megan, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Email Einstein. 
Can you feel that? Your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger. We ask that you please use it wisely. You've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales because great emails equals revenue squared. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to claim your free ebook and learn how to drive conversions with UGC in 2024. From fresh ways to use UGC on your website to revenue pooling email strategy. Discover actionable insights to master your UGC game in 2024. Stop missing out. Go to florium.com slash UGC and download this ebook for free.